This is uh, Paramedic Review, Unit 10, Part 4, Case Number 2. I think I mentioned we'd be doing uh, toxidromes after this. That probably threw you guys off, so you always uh, right, went right to uh, toxidromes. Um, okay, so this case is a um, 38-year-old pregnant female with vaginal bleeding. Um, <coughs> what, what would you want to know about the vaginal bleeding? How, how profuse is it? Yeah, how much? Gushing, yeah, gushing, trickling, and volume, if at all possible. Yeah, Lucas? Yeah, how many pads? Any clots? Any clots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to be thorough. Well, I, I know what you're thinking. I'm just not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. If a woman who has had vaginal bleeding, I'm just not sure I would ask her if there are any body parts <laughs> in, her, in her vaginal discharge. Yeah, yeah, you assess for it. Yeah. So, if you're thinking of uh, sort of retained, uh, you know, portions of, of uh, an aborted fetus, I'm not even sure. Well, I would look. I'm not sure I would pick up pieces and inspect and see if they look fleshy or anything. But um, it's good dinner conversation at the end of the shift you know, with family. Uh, so, uh, she is not having contractions. <coughs> She's a G4P2. So, what's missing here? Yeah, so she either had a miscarriage or a therapeutic abortion. So, now, um, moms don't typically tell you, you know, I'm a G4P2. <laughs> so, so, usually that information comes and then you determine whether what her gravita and para are. But, um, Important to ask, just as a reminder, important to ask, have you ever had uh, a miscarriage or a therapeutic abortion? You need to ask that question. Yeah, I was going to say, what order were they? Yeah, what order were they? Like, good, good. Yeah, good, bad, good, or... Okay. I it went well, I'm, it didn't go well. Yeah, and I'm not sure that makes a difference. I'm not entirely certain. That's just but what my preceptors taught me. We had a lady, we yeah. had a couple that were... Like the first three went really well, and the last three didn't. Yeah. So, so you're this anticipating one, this one was. This one might not. Right. Yeah. Now, I don't know if there's any correlation between good outcome and bad outcome based on that history. That'd be interesting to look up so you can say to your preceptor, you know how you thought, you know, good, good, bad, bad, and the next one was going to be bad? Yeah, you were wrong. Don't ever <laughs> teach. Sure don't ever. Sure <laughs> don't ever that. teach. Sure she love that. Don't ever teach me that crap again. <laughs> I'm here to, I'm here to learn facts, not myths. Damn it! No, I have no idea. Uh, I, my gut would say that she's right, but I, I don't know. <laughs> this is my objective: is to get you in trouble in the last couple of weeks. Um, are any of you finished preceptorship? Like you've done your shifts? Yeah. How many? Uh, how many shifts do you have left? Five or six? Yeah. Yeah. Are you? Good. Good. Okay. So, uh, what? Anything else you want to know about her um, chief complaint and maternal history? 
Um, if there's pain, yes. Uh, what else? Yeah. Yeah, her gestational age. What else? Expected complications. Yeah, expected complications. Has she had ultrasounds? Is there any uh, do you like? Know something's coming? Uh, do you know something's so coming? Do you, do you know there's yeah. Like, does your doctor know? Like, is there are they watching for something? Are you a high risk pregnancy? Yeah. Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you had any complications? <laughs> Blood pressure, diabetes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you got to put it into layperson's terms because if you ask a woman if she's a high-risk pregnancy, she may not understand what that means exactly, you know, or may may say no, but yet she's had uh, high blood pressure throughout the entire pregnancy and swollen ankles and headaches, and you know, she may be preeclamptic, but she may not perceive that as a risk because no one's framed it that way for her. So, um, so be sure to use you know layperson terms with the patient and ask you know any problems with the blood sugar, any problems with high blood pressure, any problems with swelling of the ankles, swelling of the hands. And swelling is not uncommon, even in patients who are not preeclamptic. Like <coughs> yet. Uh, Matilda, were you going to add something else? Or add something else? Yeah, uh, just like a picture, like what was she doing? Because maybe she fell, or is it yeah. just Good, yeah, yeah. Did this just happen spontaneously? Was she lifting something, exerting herself, or was she traumatized? <coughs> Um, anything else? Okay, so those are the, you hit on the, the main ones. So she's uh, 30 weeks gestation. Um, she thinks she's lost about 800 mLs. And um, uh, is there a difference between painful versus non-painful? Uh, and does that help in any way, shape, or form? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which one's which? Do you Yeah, good. Wow. I'm impressed. What's <laughs> <laughs> the matter with the rest of you? That's good. Yeah, so uh, previa, oftentimes no pain, but abrupto, usually 70% of the time there, there's pain. So there's no pain. Um, complications, no. So it's a uh, normal fetal presentation without anticipating a uh, breach or anything like that. And um, so on primary, she's tachypneic. She's got a fast radial pulse. Heart rate's 120. Respirata res respiratory rate's 24. BP's 112 on 86. SpO2 is 100% of room air. Temp's 35.7. <coughs> Pupils 4x4 four four reactor briskly. She's got a history of hypothyroidism. She's on Synthroid and she's allergic to ASA. <coughs> Good thing she doesn't have chest pain. <laughs> so, uh, not a whole lot to do, but in terms of differential, you should be thinking Santa Previa, Abruptio Placenta, um, any one of a number of other things that might cause uh, painless bleeding, occult bleeding. Um, IV or no IV for her? Her blood pressure is good though. IV or no IV? Yeah, yeah, she's alive 800 mils of blood, so she's gonna get a, a line, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, so definitely needs an IV. Who said lock? No lock. No lock. She needs an IV back, right? Yeah. Yeah, because a lock is for someone who has a potential need for medication, uh, but a bag is there for someone who's hypovolemic. Yeah. Now, nothing wrong with a lock 
and then hanging a bag and attaching the lock. In fact, that's a good way to do it. And the nurses love that when you do that. Well, the service doesn't because it's expensive, but but um, yeah, think about think about what it is you may be doing. So even if you're not fluid resuscitating or giving drugs, is there anything that you are anticipating? In this case, you're anticipating fluids. Hang a bag, right? Now you don't need to hang a bag in the house right away necessarily if she's holding her blood pressure, but you should attach a bag uh, in the back of the ambulance because last thing you want to do if her pressure suddenly drops is to you know be rifling through the cupboards to get a bag and purging the IV tubing and everything else. She should have a um, and uh, now what size bags do you typically hang? Two fifty. Where's that? Yeah, it's interesting. Eh? Two fifty at York. Halton is 500, where anyone else hang a different size bag typically? <laughs> yeah. So typically, most services carry a 250 bag, 500 cc, and a liter bag. But uh, what do you typically hang, though, for most of your IVs? Where? I don't think we have the 250, so I think we usually just go straight to the 500. 500s, where is that? Uh, some go. Some go. Okay. It, it's yeah. Five, fives unless it's someone that looks really, really hypotensive. Yeah. So, my advice to you if you got someone who's bleeding uh, and you think you're going to give fluids, hang a liter. Like a 500 cc bag, not the end of the world, but hang a liter. Um, here's the difficulty. Here's the culture in EMS that's always a problem. Um, the culture is you always hang a 250 cc bag in York. You always hang a 500cc bag in Simcoe. So when you need more fluids, instead of hanging more fluids, you end up hanging what you normally hang. That's the, the barrier of the culture, right? So you gotta be careful not to get fixated on doing the same thing every time and not thinking for yourself. Just like, you know, my pet peeve about lead to ECG, you know, where people get lead to and they can't interpret it and they come to me and say, what is this, Rob? And I say, well, did you look at the other leads, like, right? So, so you got to think outside a little bit. <coughs> All right. Um, so your differential we talked about. Good. 